0: Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher.
1: I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. We're back, and we're going to talk about games. Don't worry, it's not a new format or anything. Chris just wants to talk about how we should all play the top-rated games on BoardGameGeek or something like that.
2: It's true, I do. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake. And a thank you to our newest patron, Ben Gary I think it's Gary. We decided it was Gary a long time ago, right?
1: No, it's Gary.
2: Ah, uh, Ben. All right. <laughs> thank you to Ben Gary, who I'm gonna remove an R from so it doesn't confuse me anymore. Done. <laughs> it's Dygax. <Garry-Dy-X. laughs> we are back. This is this is a real episode. This is a new episode. We're not rerunning anything.
1: Yeah, we're here, for real. Uh,
2: So I have a question. Um, Kitty, I kind of know what you've been up to, but why don't you uh, fill us in quickly?
1: (laughs) Um, So we welcomed our new family member. Player 4 is part of the team now. Um, She was born June 26th, and yeah, that has been what I've been doing pretty (laughs) much all summer, (laughs) is hanging out with a newborn.
2: I... Yeah, uh, Yep. I'm not quite there yet. We're about 3 weeks away. So, they'll be growing up together, um, both girls. So, we'll I'll, yeah. I'll keep you guys posted on that one. Now, <laughs> Fletcher, I have no idea what you've been doing. Is there a baby on the way? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, there's no baby on the <laughs> way.
2: Unless you count my puppy. Mm, maybe.
0: My my uh, almost almost 5-month-old puppy.
2: So, have you done but anything cool in the last training, 2 months?
0: But- uh, going to training like puppy training school and everything. So she's pretty well behaved and uh, she knows a lot of tricks and stuff like that. And not, not not like trick tricks, but like just basic commands and stuff like that. Sit, wait,
2: lay down, you know things like that. Spot taught that. <laughs> that's about where Zachary's at with his tricks. He's good at them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Player three but, figured out he can do a headstand this week. So, just saying. On purpose. Yes. Okay. He says, do a headstand. And then he does it. And he doesn't really maintain it for very long, but he gets his feet up there in the air and then he like falls over and laughs a whole bunch. So
2: that's, you know, awesome. my house is
1: chaos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. We've done, we've done quite a bit. We're trying to get kind of last minute stuff out there before the newborn comes in. Um, we did make it to Pittsburgh for our gen con event where we hung out with basically or five of us in a cabin in the middle of the woods uh no axe murderers but <laughs> we played a ton of games <laughs> it, was, it was fine it was and i actually have a game i think called cabin in the middle of the woods and i didn't bring it and i, I regretted it because i think that's the only time i would have played it <laughs> um i still have a job so that's good there was a question some time ago and but everything has worked out in that regard uh and, yeah, we have a baby due in just a few weeks. It gets closer and closer every day. I know that's how time works.
0: <laughs> I was
2: going to say, that's how time works. Yeah. But but I look up every once in a while, and I'm like, yeah, oh, wow, that's not that far away. And I looked at the date. So it's the 24th as we're recording right now. And we're, like, 18 days away from the likely induction date. So unless she decides to come early, like that's how far out we are so i'm excited for that and yeah i don't know i'm excited for doing these again
1: yeah i told uh, my sister that i was doing this tonight and she was like oh yeah i forgot you did that (laughs) i haven't in like two months (laughs) so
0: carmen said the same thing i was like i'm recording tonight she was like
2: oh right
1: (laughs) oh yeah that's a thing huh (laughs)
2: Cindy did the same thing too I'm like I'm just going to lay my eyes down close my eyes for like 10-15 minutes she's like no 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 you go as long as you want I'm like no I'm recording tonight she's like oh right so we have to get our significant others to understand it's like yep nope we're back on track here Um, Josh is likely going to join us at some time again in the future he's going to pick and choose what topics he comes in on and for this one he's like I've never played any of those games I don't think I have a lot to add I'm like (laughs) That's fair. None of them? <laughs> he said he Goodness. played two of them. Because he played Pandemic okay. Legacy with us.
1: I don't know how many more I've played them. Yeah. He did. Spoilers, Chris. We're not there yet.
2: Stick oh, wait, to the notes.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 wait, we have notes? Okay. <laughs> um, I've only played yet. three of these games. I'm yeah, counting. I have um, played every single one of them. But actually, that doesn't surprise me. so the reason that this topic is this topic is because of something that happened in the last two months. Um, there was my niece, who is college age, text me out of the blue saying, Hey, have you ever played Twilight Imperium? And I'm like, Who is this? So <laughs> apparently, <laughs> her roommate bought Twilight Imperium and was wondering if I had played it. And I could only respond ashamedly that no, I have not. Not for lack of trying, but but for lack of the fact that it's TI4 and, you know, one of the largest games out there. So in order to not, oh, I don't know, feel ashamed, um, I decided to buy TI4 and we played TI4 for this first time a week and a half ago, which ended in a four-way tie, which is technically not possible, but... Um, Because there's a tiebreaker, but we're just calling it a four-way tie. So (laughs) after eight hours, maybe eight or ten hours of playing this game, it ended in we all got to ten victory points at the exact same time. Um, And then I'm like, that was one of the coolest experiences, and I need to take a look at the other top 25 games and see what I haven't played. So that's why we're talking about the top games. And this is going to be probably a multi-part thing. We're probably going to talk about um, the top ten today, and another fifteen next week, and then we might do one more—not of games, but just kind of and in Another general, twenty a like, week after
0: that. Another
2: twenty, <laughs> and then, then another. We're just gonna the rest of this whole thing is gonna we're just be gonna down the list. Yep.
1: Eventually, we'll get to some <laughs> that, I've played.
2: Oh, uh, probably we could probably do like the top ten games we've played on the list, and see you know how far you have to go down before you actually hit ten.
1: Oh, I kind of like that better for next week, but.
2: Maybe, maybe. And I actually, that works fine, because I can just start at 11. And I will get through all the ones that I want to talk about. So and okay, we should also mention that yes, we do have a live audience. Um, I warned everybody, if you're here right now, or you're here by the end of the show, you will be entered in a drawing for a $100 gift card, only people in our live audience. But Josh is in our live audience right now. And he is not eligible, because he is Josh. So Fletcher, take his name (laughs) out of the list. I didn't even put it in the list. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: no one can hear your complaints, Josh. <laughs> and that I, Josh I'm not even
2: going to one entries. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to read what Josh said. You'll just have to come in and, and see what all the commotion is in chat. So, um, yeah, and I did mention podcast changes. Uh, we don't really have any. I was thinking about a bunch of different things we could do and I we just kind of like our current format. As we were listening past the old stuff, we're like, yeah, we sort of we ended up where we ended up because we liked what we're doing. So but should we talk about some games?
1: Let's do it.
2: Yeah. All right. So we're not gonna go one, two, three, four through ten. We're gonna talk about the top ten games as rated on board game geek. Um Apparently the algorithm for how things make it We're into the do top... Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> yeah. First, one, two, four. I think that's right. Mm, I don't know. But anyway. Um, the one, way two, that... three, five. <laughs>
1: Come on, Chris.
2: I've I, uh, taken away my nerd card. Uh, so the way that board game geek yeah, it's rates one, one, two, three.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, kitty, why don't you tell us how the board game geek rates ca- games?
1: Oh. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I know that there are several numbers here. There's the Greek geek rating, the average rating. And then there's also something that has to do with um how many times it was rated. Doesn't that affect how high it gets on the list as well? And some sort of mysterious combination of those numbers will give it its rank.
2: <laughs> Basically, most people think that what ends up happening is when a game first gets put on, that it'll get a number of invisible fives. So you have to rate it a number of times to make it wait in one direction or the other. So when you look at a game, um, it, we talk about board game geek ratings from time to time. There's no real such thing as an actual geek rating of or i think it's geek or maybe it's the average rating of like higher than nine it just you can't get it in fact gloomhaven has one of the highest when you have a certain number of votes at 8.82 which is just ridiculously high and then the range to like 10 is 8.29 so there's like that's a huge range in just the first 10 games so i don't vouch for it i don't agree or disagree with how bgg does it it's just a convenient way of ranking games so that's what we're going by. Um, it does require a certain number of votes. I think the lowest number of votes here is Twilight Imperium at about 11,500. And then mm-hmm. the most, probably Terraforming Mars at 57,000. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but I'm just going to quickly read the top list. And then we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. So number one is Gloomhaven. Two is Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Three is Brass Birmingham which was a huge surprise to me, but we'll talk about it. Um, Four is Terraforming Mars. Five is Twilight Imperium, fourth edition. Six is Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization. Seven is Gaia Project. Eight is Star Wars Rebellion. Nine is Twilight Struggle. And ten is Great Western Trail. So if you don't know any of these games, um, you will know about them, at least by the end of this episode. (laughs) So Fletcher... You said you played two of them?
0: I've played three of them. Um, And I guess, uh, like, maybe... So I've played Gloomhaven, I've played Terraforming Mars, and I've played Twilight Imperium. Um, And I haven't played Pandemic Legacy, but I have played Pandemic. And I know
2: they're different games, but they are a little bit similar, at least in the beginning. Yeah, where is Pandemic on this list? Because it's not... not I don't think it's anywhere near... um, the top here for so pandemic just to compare pandemic with pandemic legacy um pandemic is 91 so it's actually still very very highly rated yeah but they are super different um kitty what games have you played
1: i've got four I'm topping fletcher by one i have well if you count the one scenario of gloomhaven i played i did not really play gloomhaven but i dipped my toes in there i know how it plays um i played pandemic legacy season one terraforming mars and great western trail
2: all right. I have played every single one of these games. Um Terraforming Mars, not Terraforming Mars, Twilight Imperium, Gaia Project, Brass Birmingham, and Twilight Struggle all in the last 3 weeks because I was looking at the top 10 and those were the ones I had not played of these. So let's talk about these. Um we've all played Gloomhaven. It's been the number 1 game for all time. I'm going to I would want an informal poll. We have uh, about 30 people listening to us right now. And I'm wondering how many people in chat have not played Gloomhaven. You just, you've never played it. Just to kind of get a good feel. So we're looking five, six.
1: You can raise your hand in the participant <laughs> list if yeah. you're not cam- on camera.
2: <laughs> so I'm getting a feeling that there's probably about a third of the people here have not played. And these are board game hobbyists who listen to board game podcasts? Three
1: hands on the participant list. Three yeah, digital it, hands went up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. who dial in up on, <laughs> on yeah. a on Zoom? Right. So, like, of of a group of people to pull for this, you would think that this is going to be the the highest percentage as you can get. My assumption, and again, type in the chat if if you have a different um, opinion here, is Gloomhaven for a lot of people is just overwhelming. It's a 26 pound box. It's tons and tons of setup. The rules are not super straightforward. And no matter how much people talk about how amazing it is, it's still one of those games where it's like, I don't know that I want to invest that much time into that game. Um, it's fiddly. It is fiddly. Um, you, uh, Joe says he couldn't get a play group to play it with. Uh, yeah. Parents doesn't like the theme, um, which is kind of like it's not generic fantasy. It is. You need a dedicated is, table. Yeah. Uh, just the organizer, if you want to organize it, costs as much as the game.
1: It's an expensive yeah. game, too, if you you're not your own, sure you're going to with like it. It's table.
2: It's for what you get $100. Well, I guess $100 with a Kickstarter, but $120 to $140 if you were to get it it's retail. It's list
1: $140. So yep. less than $140 usually. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, Rachel says she doesn't really like those types of games, and I think that's key on a lot of these. We're going to run into places where, why haven't you played this highly rated game? It's not my style. It's not my thing. It's not something I want to invest time and money into, because I know I wouldn't be interested in it. I will say, though, Gloomhaven is fantastic. I would never recommend Gloomhaven to a moderate board gamer. If you just, you're into board games, you like, you know, playing, I don't want to say light stuff, but even like the medium stuff, Gloomhaven is just a lot to start with. But Jaws of the Lion, which just came out, you can get it at Target. It's much cheaper, super easy to get into. It's flipbook maps. The setup is super streamlined. It's the exact same game. So if you ever wanted to try out Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, and I think almost every reviewer who's reviewed both, um, recommends that that's where you should start. Because you can play that. It's much smaller in scale and scope. And after you're done with it, if you decided that you really love it, you can go out and get Gloomhaven. You can go out and get Frosthaven. You can just make it a lifestyle game. But you don't have to get that 26-pound box to start with. You've both played this, though. Why is it number one?
1: Because if you like Um, it, you really like it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to be the kind of person who's on Board Game Geek rating things. I think that... Board Game Geek ratings are going to self-select for heavier games because the more into games you are, the more likely you are to be on the website and rating them. If you're really into casual games, you're not as likely to go search out the website where you're looking at this kind of stuff.
2: I think that's part that's of true. it for sure.
0: Selection bias. Yeah. Um, I would say that like maybe you are into D&D or you want to get into D&D and this is like a stealthy way to bring D&D to your friends without actually doing that even though i was like D might be like slightly easier in yeah some fifth way. edition <laughs> is
1: definitely easier fifth edition is so much easier i think unless you're the dm
2: yeah i think both of you have very good points i think both of them's true um there is a certain bgg biased to heavier games and we're going to see that as we go through i think one of the big things too about gloomhaven though is the experience just like we talk about dnd and you, you create this group and this party experience. I think when you're playing Gloomhaven with a group, you are playing through a story and your story is different than everyone else's. But at the same time, what you've done and how you can describe it, other people who've played the game totally understand. But at the same time, other people, like, they, they didn't have the same experience you did. And it doesn't hurt that there's a lot of unlockables and secret things and envelopes and boxes to open up. That's always fun too. But, um, I, I think this game is rightfully rated. I think this game is good enough to be the number one game. And again, I've played all except for one of the top 25 games. There are other games I would rather play over Gloomhaven, but that's only because I've already played about 150 hours of Gloomhaven and I'm, I've played it through. I'm, I'm good with it now. So th- which leads into the second one, Pandemic Legacy. Kitty, why is, is this rightfully rated? Like, would you yes. put this here?
1: <laughs> I, well, I would rate this as you know, if I'm ranking them, this is my possibly one of my number one gaming experiences when it comes to board games. Um, this is a super fun game. It was such an engaging story. I completely lost track of time while we were playing this. This is one of those games where you'd be like, "Well, let's play again." Oh my gosh, it's ten o'clock. How did this happen? I have to go to work tomorrow. Ah, uh, you know, like, <laughs> um, I think. And I think that people who've played Gloomhaven and really get into it feel that same way where you, it's the story and it's uh, it's an evolving game and there's like the fun unlockables. So many of the elements that make Gloomhaven fun are part of Pandemic Legacy, but I think it's a more accessible starting point into that kind of game.
2: Yeah, and Fletcher, I know you haven't played this yet. And I say yet because at some point you should just, Sit down. I think you and Carmen would love playing through this game. This would be something where... You think it's a good two-player experience? Uh, it's it's pandemic. It's basically a one-player game. It's a one-person. <laughs> it's a one-player experience. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. If I was playing with two players, though, I would have you each control a character and play it as four pieces with two humans.
2: Yeah. You control two characters each. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But... But I don't think Pandemic Legacy is a good solo game. Um, You could certainly do that. But just like with Gloomhaven, where you can play Gloomhaven solo, it's better when you can share it with someone else. Whether that be one person, two or three, whatever, as long as someone else is there, if you're playing it by yourself, you miss out on that story. You miss out on that shared experience.
1: Yeah, you also get to miss out on... Being the person who knows what's going on and watching their face the first time you tear a card in half. (laughs) 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 I remember Sydney being in the room while we played and just being like, (gasps) (gasps) she hates it whenever we destroy components.
2: (laughs) Sydney hates pandemic, hates it. And I am tempted to buy a a copy of this because it's been like almost three years now and play it just for a night. I don't remember a
1: lot of the story. I would totally replay this now.
2: Um, honestly, this is a game you can replay right away Well, not in the same copy. Obviously you're going to have to get another copy, but (laughs) because the decisions you make and what happens are going to be different every time you play it. And I really want to play this with her at some point we're going to do it, but I've also been making her play a lot of heavy games lately. Um, speaking of heavy games, Brass Birmingham is the next one on the list. Now you guys have any idea what Brass is?
1: Yes.
0: I know what Brass is, yeah.
2: Um, brass the board game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know of no. Brass the board game mostly because of Brass Birmingham, which I have heard a lot about.
0: <laughs> the copper nickel alloy,
2: So <laughs> it is a copper nickel alloy. So Brass Birmingham is a straight-up Euro game. Um, it is a... You're pushing and pulling, and there's a point track, and you're just trying to have the most points by the end of the game. It's uh, a set number of rounds. I played a lot of games recently, but I, I believe this one is the set number of rounds. Um, there's beer involved. You're going to be selling things, and you need beer to sell stuff. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure that's just how sales are done. Um, you have to do it over some beer. This game, being number three, fascinated me because it looks brown, it looks dull. It looks boring. We played this game and it lasted for probably because we were just learning it um, probably about two hours. I think we had a missed start too. And we're like, okay, wait a minute. We played this completely wrong. Let's start over. This game is amazing. Like there are so many interesting things you can do. And it was just a two player game. We are just playing it two people. Um, I, when we got done, I'm like, I want to play this again, but we have this other list of games we have to get through before I record a podcast, so we can't. <laughs> but this is another game where I would have a hard time recommending to like a moderate board gamer, unless you really liked Euro games. If there's, if you like really like Euro games, then this should be a game that you pull out and play. And it's it's like I say, it's number three, and and fourteen thousand people have put it here which is a pretty decent number for i mean it's the second lowest on this list right now i guess but still i don't really have any way to describe it except for if you like euro games pick this one up
1: um it's an economic game it's all about economics is like the theme of the game
0: supply and demand
1: <sighs> not <Yeah>. really <laughs> I the mean, description I guess there, on Board Game Geek from the publisher there, is it is an economic strategy game.
2: <laughs> all right. It is. There is an economics Set during the it.
1: Industrial Revolution.
2: Yeah. There is actually something you must that's pretty. build
1: and establish industries and network in an effort to exploit low or high market demands. It, yeah. It's
2: there is a certain there is an economics to it. And actually, as we were playing, I realized that and I just forgot It's fascinating because you have coal and iron that you can buy and sell. But the way that happens, like you build coal mines and iron mines, and you immediately sell the coal and iron that you would get from that mine back to the market. So the longer there isn't a coal or an iron mine out, the more expensive those things become. And it was just this very subtle back and forth where you looked at it and it's like, wow, this is just a very elegant way of having supply and demand but then you actually have to build build routes to different places and you can use other people's routes but you really want to use your routes and you can use other people's coal mines but if you do then they get points for it and uh it's so good and i know the theme is not Grant fantastic um it's it really isn't but the game itself the gameplay itself it's this one's almost worth checking out if you're not offended well not intimidated by euro games
1: yeah, I hate to sound like Chris on this one, but it's just so gray looking.
2: <laughs> it's, it is. It's so bland. And it's, this is the upgraded version. It's
1: gray version. and it's brown and it's it looks dirty. <laughs> so that's why I haven't played it before.
2: Yeah. And this is the that's updated deluxe version that everyone's like, the art on this one is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fletcher, why don't you take the next one? Terraforming
0: Mars. Okay. <laughs> Let me take this one because you hate this game. <clears throat> I just don't think it's start number by 4. It. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't I don't know why this is one of the top games of all time. I like this game unlike Chris. And I think the biggest downfall of this game is honestly the card design for the most part. It it's needlessly confusing. Um if they spent a little bit more time trying to Design the cards correctly. It would clear up a bunch of confusion. But beyond that, I I think maybe this game is really popular because of the theme, and it is kind of like there are a bunch of rules for like you know getting all the points and everything like that. So it's a crunchy, it's a crunchy game that has a pretty interesting theme. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I honestly, I'm kind of confused too. (laughs) I agree (laughs) with you. I do think that number four. Yeah, I do think if they had a better graphic design, this game would have landed a lot better for me. The art is incredibly inconsistent. The graphic design is incredibly confusing. The gameplay itself is fine. Like, I actually don't have a problem with the gameplay, except for the art and iconography just take me out of the game so much, because I'm just always confused about what's going on. Now, I do understand that when you play a game over and over and over, it becomes second nature, and that's fine. Um but my first, like, i played it three times, and my experience with it has always been, wait, what? That, is that an ad? Is that a, a resource? I don't know what that is.
1: I will also say yeah. they have one of my least favorite rule books. The, like, the this layout one? of the rule oh. book. Yeah. I had <laughs> yeah. a really hard time. I was trying to teach it at a convention. Um, I was not as familiar with it as I should have been. And I was trying to look something up and just trying to find something within there is incredibly difficult i I remember a very confusing flow and layout to the rule book as well so not only is it confusing iconography but then when you go to try to look up the confusing iconography it's hard to find
2: yeah now i will say all that said and even though i would not rate terraforming mars this high i am not going to argue with this rating in any way shape or form it is the most voted up game it is it is rated number four with almost 60,000 votes. And that's insane. Like, the next second highest one on here is uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 with 38,000 votes. Like, it's, it's huge how much people love this game. And there is something to this game that I don't understand. But at the same time, if I'm talking at Brass Birmingham or Gloomhaven, I completely understand people are like, I just don't see that. But enough about Terraforming Bars. Let's talk about some other games that are much, much shorter in duration. Um, Unfortunately, that won't be this (laughs) week, because the next (laughs) set of games are all very, very long. Starting with the subject matter of this, well, the inspiration of this episode is Twilight Imperium. Um, For those who have never played Twilight Imperium, I am actually be surprised if people have never heard of it. This is one of the bigger games in the industry. Uh, It put Fantasy Flight on the map if not was, like, the first game, I think it was the first game that Fantasy Flight did. They started out as, like, a publisher of comics and such, and this was the first game they did when their comic book publishing didn't work out. Um, It is a very long, usually somewhere between 6 to 12 hours game of space, not really conquest, because it's all diplomatic, but it is it's a game that when you play it, the time just melts away and you don't realize it's it's happening at all, um, Fletcher. Did you say that you played Twilight Imperium? Yeah,
0: yeah, just recently actually. Um, didn't finish it. It was like <laughs> how many hours did I play? maybe like three hours or so. Um, so I took like I don't know four turns, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was learning it too with a bunch of other people. So it was it was really slow going, but it's a t- it's a kind of game that I can get into. It's a four X game, um, which if People don't know what a 4X game is. Think of like civilization computer game. Um, it's it's not unlike that.
2: It's but in space. Yeah. But in space, yeah. Uh, Kitty, have you ever played you've have you've seen this game, right?
1: I've seen this game. I think we attempted to set it up once, um, although that I think was third edition. That's how long ago this was. That like, oh, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna play this game, and then we got to like just a setup phase, and we were like, We don't have time for this. No. <laughs> and that you was up it. The box
0: and you just noped right out. And
1: no. Um, Well, there we were being taught by a friend who'd played it once before. And I don't think anyone really knew what we were getting into <laughs> uh, when we said, Yeah, sure, we'll play this game. And, you know, we are like, uh, This was back, you know, before that, I had only played Settlers of Catan, maybe Ticket to Ride. And this was like one of the third, fourth (laughs) board games put in front of me. And I was like, this is
2: this is why when my niece texted me, I'm like, you are doing what with a bunch of college kids that have never (laughs) played this before Um, in order for me to play this game. So I played with three other people and we played it in such a way that everyone had to watch how to play videos before we got there. I watched the video probably six times and read the rules. So that I could do a refresher when everyone got there, and we could just start playing, and that worked. But I, I think I designated probably a good eight to ten hours of just prepping and learning how to play this game. I had it set up a week ahead of time. Um, I had picked everyone's factions and colors to make it as easy as possible for everyone to play. And so when they got there, we we're just all right. Sit down. There's no drafting. There's no making the map. This is this is just what it is. And we had a phenomenal time. Um, we got one rule wrong that would have decided the winner. Jen, you you rightfully won that game. Um, and, <laughs> and when we got that rule wrong, like immediately afterward, we were all at like, the goal is to get to 10 points. And that doesn't seem like a lot of points. It, how long does it take to get you know 10 points? Um, apparently eight to 12 hours. What happens is each round of the game, you can usually get one or two points. Each round of the game lasts for about an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending on the number of players. And at no time were any of us ever bored. There's practically no downtime in the game. Because on your turn, you just take a single action, and then it's the next person's turn. When you are out of actions, you can take because you don't have enough command tokens or action cards or whatever, you pass. Uh, once people start passing, it's usually very, very quick after that. So you're not sitting and watching uh, very often. And there's multiple actions that when someone takes them, you can follow on and you can do something when that person does an action. So you're engaged pretty much all the time. And even when you're not engaged, you're you're looking at people like, uh, why are you getting so close to my territory over there? I'm a little concerned about this. Do not play this game with people that you don't want to spend a lot of time with or with somebody <laughs> that um, maybe takes things a little too seriously. Uh, this game is fun. It's diplomatic. It is... There's some negotiation. There's back and forth. There's a tiny bit of backstabbing here and there, but it's all mechanical in the game. There's nothing that
1: you... you it's a really like, nice way to say don't play this game with Kitty. No, I think... I,
2: actually now that i think about it is yeah i would not want to play this game with you
1: (laughs) i don't want to play this game anyways
2: (laughs) (laughs) this game i cannot wait to play it again like i really can't it took me six years to own this game and i started with ti3 and we ended up playing ti4 um but i've i've owned a version of this game for six years. And this is the first time I played it was last week. And I can't wait to play it again. I regret every moment that I didn't play it earlier. But again, it was the number, the (laughs) people I played with and stuff. So this one deserves this ranking up here. And it actually went up a spot. Um, They just announced an expansion. And I think that expansion brought a lot more people back and more ratings means it went higher up on the list. (laughs) Kitty just has a two month old baby.
1: (laughs) Sorry if, Force coming through <laughs> there.
2: <laughs> you the probably is being
1: heated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you probably can't hear her on the bike, but she is. She I don't is think hungry. she's
1: coming through. <laughs> no. Dad <laughs> right. ask her. I'm not neglecting her. I promise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's take a look at number six for a sec, and this will probably be brief because I can only give you information about um, "Through the Ages: A New Story of Civilization." I've only ever played this on the iPad. It is an amazing game on the iPad. I played probably 20 times. Um have you guys even heard of this game?
1: No. Hadn't heard even, of this game actually, until you sent this me the this game list. That I played?
2: Um you might have played it if you played it on the on the iPad. I've never owned it in person.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if this is the one of the games that you've recommended to me cuz it sounds very familiar.
2: I would have recommended so this have if this. I was Yep. So this is a kind of a tableau building card game where you're basically, the cards represent different things you're building, different um, industries, different leaders. And I don't know how fast it plays in in real life. I can play through on the iPad in maybe 40 minutes or so when I'm playing against AI opponents. So I can't imagine this is a super fast game in in real life. But it's a great game. It's another one of those games where it surprises me. It's rated this high. But I, I'm going to have to tw- trust the 21,000 people who rated it here. Um, I would happily play this any time, What did you think? Also
0: on, the, also on the iPad only, and a little bit on my iPhone. I actually thought it was really great. It, and it's one of those games that um, it puts up like an AI opponent for you. And I could see how this could take like a long time if you're playing it in person. But since you're playing it on your phone or your um, tablet or whatever... Um, the choices are pretty clear, and it's like really, it's really easy to like draft the cards that you want and, and to zip through the turn.
2: Yeah, I, like I said I, I don't, I would never buy this, and like as a physical game, but I would recommend it to anyone. Download it on your mobile device, play it. You will have a great time. The first game or two, you're gonna be still confused about what's going on and do terribly. But as soon as you start to get the flow of it, like most of these, you know, kind of more tableau building, engine building type of games, um, you get to the point where it's like, oh, I get what's going on here. I want to play again. I want to play again. And it's always different because the combination of cars that you can draft and uh, like the different, what your opponents are doing, it makes every game feel very, very different. Like you have to adapt to what's going on. Um, But let's move on to Gaia Project. Gaia Project's another space game with hexes, so just like Twilight Imperium, uh, only exactly not. If <laughs> if Twilight Imperium is a diplomacy in space, Gaia Project is a Euro game in space. It is a space-themed Euro game through and through. Um, you are attempting to get points... And you're doing this in. This is the one where you have six rounds. You have six rounds of play. Uh, you're going to take multiple turns each round. But after six rounds, you score your final points and you see what happens. The economy in this game is super, super tight. It's built off of the um, basically the engine of terraforming Terra Mystica. So, Kitty, if you've played Terra Mystica,
1: I have played Terra Mystica.
2: This is that refined.
1: I was actually going to say, this is one that looking through this list, I think it was the only one where I was like, I haven't played this, but I would like to play this game. (laughs) The rest of these, I'm like, I passed on this for a reason. Or honestly, (laughs) (laughs) I played this and that was enough. (laughs) But this was one that I thought looked intriguing. I would definitely, I don't know if I would buy it though, but if somebody had it, I'd play it with them.
2: I have it. I'll play it with you. Uh, our first game we played, completely wrong. <laughs> like a lot of these games that I just kind of picked up. Uh, we did the technology completely wrong. And by the end of the game, none of us had any new technologies. Ooh. We're like, what did we do wrong? And then I Googled <laughs> it and was like, oh, right. We did everything. Because it was not fun. It was it was just kind of a slog. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we did something wrong. We missed something. And then we played it again with the correct way. And we're like, okay. It was definitely better. Um, it was there's so many things you can do there's i think uh 14 different races that you can play and they're all asymmetric so there's a ton of replayability and trying different things and yeah Gaia projects it's a good one if you want that kind of space theme euro game uh in a ti- in a, a small time frame like since there's only six rounds i think we played our second game in maybe just over an hour with on two players so it doesn't actually play all that long uh if you just you're not overthinking things
1: Josh says he's in on this one, so...
2: Alright, yeah. Um, and this one may have an online... I know there's an, an unofficial online version of this, um, but there might even be like an official version on one of the um, online sites. I'll have to check it out. Three more. This next one is probably one of my favorite games. We talked about this in episode 200, I think. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion. Kitty. why wouldn't you want to play this one?
1: Um... <laughs> Based on your descriptions of you and Sydney playing this game, where you have to leave it set up for multiple days in a row, <laughs> and it takes up so much space, and I don't know, it just, it doesn't sound like my thing. I don't really like space games that much. Can you
0: give us your wrong opinion? That's fair.
2: <laughs> Star Wars Rebellion is amazing. It does take up a lot of space. It does take a long time if, cause it's a two player game. It says it can play th- three and four, but it's a two player game. It's just basically you play on teams and you all, are, you're basically, you're making the same decisions on your team. But this is one of the most epic storytelling games. If you're just marginally interested in the Star Wars franchise, which I consider myself only marginally interested in the Star Wars franchise, this game will make you more interested in Star Wars. This game. It, when you're done with it, you're telling your story. Um, Spencer said this about Battlestar Galactica, how when you're done, you you feel like you just told your own story of Battlestar. This is the same thing for Star Wars, and it does it better than any other Star Wars game I've seen, because it has that epic, sprawling, trilogy feel to it. Uh, this, I yeah, solid, solid. Yeah, I
1: bet Spencer would like it.
2: <laughs> I I would play with Spencer, too. Yeah, I mean, Sydney and I have played it multiple times. Um, the other, like, a couple months ago, we're like, we're just going to play it. I'm going to pull it out and play it. Even though it's big, it takes up the entire table. Uh, we're just like, nope, we're going to set it up and we're going to play it. And every single time we have a blast. Every time. It's it's just amazing. Jason is showing me Star Wars Rebellion in shrink. <laughs> yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, that's all I can say about it. But buy this game, play this game. this is the one where...
1: Um one side plays as the rebellion and one is playing as the empire and the empire is seeking out the rebel base while the rebels are just trying to destroy the empire
2: no so well the the rebels what is are their trying goal? to they're trying to raise unrest in the galaxy so if they can get basically enough people to rise up against the empire they're ah. going to win meanwhile the empire is attempting to find the rebel base and eliminate them now they can find the rebel base and you can escape again just like in the movies but where you can escape to is kind of limited on based on where they have their own troops so it's it's sort of a random chance Is like can we get to this place before and you really just don't want to be found at all and it's just this back and forth and the empire has tons and tons of ships and the rebellion has almost no ships at all it like if you look at a dudes on a map this is not a war game you as a rebellion you're making very tactical strikes and everything else you're just kind of like let's just stay away from those guys because they're going to destroy us if they move into our space oh it's so good so good i can't say enough things about it (laughs) (laughs) um all right now somehow this next game is number nine and visually, if you look at Star Wars Rebellion on a map, it is a two-player game where you're attempting to basically, you know, either rule the galaxy or stop people, stop the Empire from ruling the galaxy. Twilight Struggle is a two-player game that has you putting little numbered chits on a board, which is the it's basically during the Cold War, where you're trying to. I, I don't know if we're in the Cold War. It's definitely war type it's a of cold things. War. Cold War. Yeah, and you're
0: just... It says the Cold War on the box.
2: Yeah. So there's... <laughs> and it's it's one of the most hideous looking games I've ever seen. And even the card design, everything about this game looks terrible. Which is why it's taken me four attempts to actually play it. And just recently, this like last week, I finally got through... This is also a, a really good iPad game, actually. Um, I finally got through playing this game four times. And like, ah... I get it. I see where the struggle is. I see how this works. There's so many different things that can happen in a relatively small package. This game is not difficult to learn. Um, it's just ugly, and I can't wait for this to get an upgrade. And it, it just—it it really needs a visual like, upgrading.
1: It looks like somebody's playing a game of Minesweeper on top of a globe. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty close <laughs> to exactly that. Um, it, there's it, it just a lot like of squares of those, um, there's a lot like,
0: of It looks like a murder pin board without like the faces. <laughs> like, there's a lot of weird squares within the permission that are all like mind map linked to each other.
2: Yeah. Jason and Ben and bring Fletcher up a good have point. So
1: much to add here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jason and Ben bring up a good point. Up until gloomhaven, this was the number one game on board game geek for like five or six years. It was like it just pinned to the top. And recently, more modern games have started pushing it down. Uh, if we look at the top, the ones above it is 2017, 2015, 2018, 2016, 2017, 2015, 2017, 2016, and then Twilight Imperium 2005. Up until these games started kind of pushing their way above it, this game was pinned at the top of the list. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, it is a very, very good tactical two-player game that doesn't play in a, in a crazy amount of time. It plays pretty quick, actually. Um but it's so ugly. It's just so ugly. It is the oldest game on the top 10, though. I, the next oldest is, what, 2015? Like, 10 years later is the next one on the top 10. So, but play Twilight Struggle. Again, get it on your iPad. Get it on your mobile device. Play it there. Um, I don't even know if you can buy this anymore, if it's even on Amazon. might be. Um, But the last one on this list, and another one that I'm actually pretty surprised about, but I'm happy it's there, is Great Western Trail. Also on my list of, like, my favorite games. Um Kitty, you have played this game with me. Fletcher, have. have you played this game with me? No. All right. So, Kitty, what do you think of Great Western Trail?
1: It's a fun game. I enjoyed playing it, but it's not one I'm going to buy for my collection.
2: <laughs> you don't need to. I own it. <laughs> I have the expansion too, but I've never played it. Um, I think the base game is is perfect as is. So Great Western Trail is the precursor to Maricabo. Uh, same designer. Uh, this is Old West. Maricabo is I think the Caribbean. But the yes. idea is it, the the entire board is a giant Rundell with multiple branching paths from time to time but you're going to be moving forward on this path and you can move forward an x number of spaces depending on a number of um stats on your personal tableau and when you get to the end of the path you're going to score points and how fast you get to the end of the path determines how many actions you're going to take it also determines the pace of the game because if one person's going fast everyone else is going to speed up if everyone's going slow you're going to take a lot more actions before you get through and are able to score points it's it's there's set building, set collection, there's deck building, there's all kinds of multiple ways of getting points. It's just, you there's so no much going on. You have no idea who's
1: winning until they've won. <laughs>
2: exactly. And I, and am I a remember not- this
1: actually being something I did not love about the game, was that I was playing at a much slower pace than everyone else, and I didn't realize, um, I always like to make fun of Sydney for this, because she's a big racer. She likes to race through games, so... I think it was her that just like bum ba- bump bum ba- bum ba- bum ba- bum the game's over. I'm like, ha, ah, I didn't do anything. So um that's always tough for me, when I feel like I, I like to be slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those games
2: where if everyone is on the same pace, then you're all you're all right there, right? But you yeah, you do have to kind of speed up and slow down. And there's ways for you to slow other people down by building your buildings in their way, making them pay you to go past these different places. Uh, and, like I said, I hate, not hate, I do not care for Western themes. This game doesn't feel, the Western theme is, is colorful. Enough,
1: <laughs> it's a good enough game that it's not just a Western-themed game. It's it's a good game that has a Western theme. It's not just a Western theme with some rules slapped on it.
2: Yes. It, it, it doesn't feel... Old Westy. It just feels great. And unlike something like Twilight Struggle, this game is, is great to look at. It looks nice on the table on top of everything else. Oh, and there's trains, of course, because there's, there's a Western theme to it. So these are the top 10 games on Board Game Geek. Um, next week, we'll go over the next 15, and we'll do it a little bit faster because there's 15 of them, and they're not like the quintessentials, but there's some of my favorites in there, too. Uh, there's a few questions in chat. Um, I think someone asked i think rusty asked the difference between brass Lancashire and brass um birmingham i'll tell you next week because brass birmingham is in the is the top is the next Lang- 15 k's. Yeah. yeah or lancaster. lancaster is yes lancaster is in short though brass lancaster is a re um basically a reboot of the original brass and brass birmingham is a new map with some rules with some minor rule changes. If you know one, you know the other. Uh, Brass Birmingham is considered a better game for a number of the mechanics that they put in here. It's a better two-player board to play. So I'll say that same thing next week, too. Um, I have not played <laughs> Brass Langshare yet, so we'll see if I get that to the table. There's another game right now that I have to get to the table, which is on the same scale as if Star Wars Rebellion and Twilight Imperium had a baby. And it was in a fantasy world that I haven't played that one yet either. Basically, War of the Ring. Um, yeah, I need <laughs> to play that too. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Jason asked me... We have me, to get to
1: 14 before we get to a game I own. <laughs> all
2: right. <laughs> Jason asked um, whether or not I like Western Legends. I did back it on Kickstarter, mostly because of everything I've seen about it just looks really cool. And as I get older, I get more into Westerns, I guess. Um, when I was young, my dad was into Westerns when I was growing up. And I just, I hated all the stuff that he was watching and old black and white Westerns and stuff. So I think it was a childhood thing where I avoided them. But I'm coming around to them as long as they're just not brown. Although Great Western, or uh, Western Legends is a pretty brown game. Just desert and dirt. Uh, let's see. Anything else you guys have to comment on the top 10 before we wrap this thing up?
1: I would... I kind of wish I had paid more attention to the show notes earlier because I want to know what the weight is, like the average weight of these games versus other games on BGG. Because I feel like it's not because they're higher weight that they have these ratings, but like that the top ten is skewing towards heavier weighted games, and I think that's just a BGG thing.
2: You're spoiling the third part of this trilogy, so this is my plan: is (laughs) top ten then the next 15, and then let's look at why these games are there. What makes these games, like, more successful? Can you look at these games and be like, oh, this is what you should do to be a top 10 game? are they
1: more successful? Is BGG top 10 the top 10 actual board games of the board gaming community, or is BGG out of touch with the larger community? That's my question.
2: All right, so these... (laughs) These are great questions, and if anyone else has questions, they want to know about the top 10 or our feelings on it, email us, tabletopgametalk.com, or feedback at tabletopgametalk.com, and really anything at tabletopgametalk.com, and we (laughs) will answer those in the third part of this, Um, because I, I agree that... I would say that most board gamers that consider themselves like really like board games, they probably have never been to board game geek. So it's definitely a small percentage. It's a niche of a niche or a niche of a niche. Niche, But, uh, (laughs) all right. Niche of a niche. Um, yeah. Anyone have questions in chat that we did not get to or flew by? Rachel says she doesn't really use BGG, which makes sense. All right. We will then call this an episode, episode two Oh one. Uh, it's not better quality. We're just back <laughs> and doing it on a weekly basis now. <laughs> there's, there's nothing we can do. But, um, Fletcher, do you have the spreadsheet names all up to date? Yes, it is. All Anybody right. that
0: joined at all is on here.
2: All right. Well, we know that a couple people... Yep, this looks good. All right. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to share this with, with everyone who's here. <laughs> <laughs> so um what i'm gonna do is i count down five four three two one and you'll see each time i make a change on this sheet um the winner skips around so if you see your name someplace it only counts when i get a five four three two one so ready five four three two this is gonna be our winner one and christopher dong (laughs) (laughs) so christopher just shoot me uh email Um let me know. Thumbs up for Amazon. He even
1: wore his shirt today. (laughs) I know he's he's wearing his tabletop game talk shirt. Uh,
2: So Christopher, tell me, thumbs up Amazon, thumbs down, cool stuff. No, no. All right, cool stuff it is. I'll get you (laughs) that. That's just so I could see him on camera. (laughs) I know all right thank you guys everyone for joining us if you want to join us next week um tabletop gametalk.com slash live fletcher why don't you actually kitty and fletcher why don't you take us out
1: because i forgot i have to do this i'm oh, so out of all right. habit
2: here i'll do this part i got you it us. <laughs> all right go
1: oh you take us out Fine. I was going to do that do your but I just said
2: you had to alright fine you follow no. us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast is at Tabletop Game TLK Kitty's awful Good Mom Fletcher's Net Fletch Josh is around from time to time he says Josh is blonde <laughs> I am Game Master Chris you can leave us a review on iTunes and check us out at TabletopGameTalk.com slash Patreon and check us out at TabletopGameTalk.com slash Live Kitty
1: tabletop game talk is a proud member of the dice tower network thanks for listening and remember we love your feedback so email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com
0: finally a huge thank you to our patrons adam harrison the gift of games jason strong terrence milner Stephen seitz brian Ar- arnold sean p kelly c marie rudy Lou, benjamin heimowitz jerry Wong. wong excuse me caleb <laughs> <laughs> Brian. jennifer ingelbrecht In- 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 <laughs> Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Loom, Phil Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dogg, Faz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Salander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Glenn Cotter, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Timothy. Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rank, Sam Lacet
2: brown Christopher Comstock, and Ben Gary. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. <laughs> so... Um, this is all edited out but in the middle of recording we did have some zoom bombers so we may change the way that this works going forward but uh <laughs> those people are dude are not qualified to enter into our giveaway so well i i did not enter the zoom
0: bombers <laughs> good job good job, good job. Fletcher. <laughs> they were easy to tell who was who <laughs>